dead than all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff, with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hiya, folks. Old man Grognard here. Hope you're all doing well. That's a nice, beautiful, nice day today, of course. And today, I, I, I don't know, I'm kind of full of myself a little today. See, I consider myself a failure in most of what I do. Uh, my home life isn't, it's okay. Uh, I've been married to Becky for 20 years, and we don't have anything in common. She doesn't game, but she kind of tolerates it from me. And so there's that. I have a young, older stepson who is having a few problems. And we've got all this craziness going on around here. We've got our grand, two grandsons living with us who are going through, you know, homeschool. And thank God the oldest one plays his gamer, which I taught. And I'm proud of that, damn it. I mean, you've got to have something to bond your, to your grandkids. But you know what? We're not going to talk about any of that today. I just needed to unload a little. But anyway, today I want to talk about, again, experience and advancement. And we're going to talk about that after this. Now, okay, advancement. Now, I've noticed a trend, and I'm not talking about your big games like your D&D 5e or your Pathfinder or, or something like that. I've noticed a, the, noticed a trend. See, I'm an old, as you know, I'm, old, I'm an old school grognar, which means I prefer the OSR stuff. But at the same time, that gives me kind of a history with it. And in the old days, I remember, I thought games... I was so used to playing like D&D, AD&D 1st Edition, AD&D 2nd Edition, da-da-da. I was so used to games going up to a 20-level cap. And I figured, okay, all games do that, sort of. And when I got into the OSR, boy, was my mind changed. Because I went back to basic D&D. I pulled out the rules cyclopedia. I go, level 36? Holy moly, I can't do that. And... Then, and I said, well, okay, uh, some people play, I say, I cannot, I not, I, I know people, I'm sorry, Mr. Mincer, Frank Mincer, but I know people can play that high, but I cannot really, in my mind, wrap my head around a high-level campaign, especially if I'm the DM. That would drive me absolutely bonkers to come up with stuff to challenge these characters. You get into world-shaking events and stuff like that, and it doesn't. I don't relate to that. I'm more of a more of a down and dirty kind of, you know, <clears throat> Indiana Jones type of you know get yourself out of scrapes type of thing. But people, some people play that, and so okay, I can understand the higher level, the higher level games. Okay, fine. But I've noticed lately in like the independents and in the clones and things like that, not only the, not so much as the clones, but the independents, that the trend is to have to cap at lower levels. And, you know, I was surprised the first time I saw like Astonishing Swordsman, I says, there's a 12 level cap? Wow. Okay. I guess you have to do more with less. And I looked at the character classes and see what they can accomplish in those 12 levels. And I'm kind of, okay, well, this is scaled down too. Okay, I can handle that. Now, to me, that makes an argument for adventure-based progression rather than XP progression. Now, 
I'll try and break down the pluses and minuses to at least the way I see it right now. I'm shooting from the hip today, so, you know. Okay, first of all, adventure-based uh, advancement. The first time I saw that, believe it or not, was in, I saw it in Swords and Wizardry Light because, oh, okay, well, it only goes up to third level, cool. But then I saw Continuous Light, which goes to, I think, level 14, maybe 7, I'm not sure, but it did the same thing. You know, so many levels, you, so many games, you go up a level. And I think that's great for bookkeeping. I don't have to worry about, okay, how many experience points should I give out? What's fair? Okay, this monster's worth this, this treasure's worth that, and I got to figure all that out. Great. After, I can say after X amount of, amount of adventures, okay, you guys all level up. Cool. And also, and people like my friend Carlos, he does that, but he... He does, I think he started with Astonishing Swordsman, but he start, he he kind of does an ad hoc thing where he go, okay, uh, you guys did that, that's, all right, fine, level up, everybody level up. And some games like 5e, that works out because the the experience chart, and Mythgarther too, the experience chart is for everyone. There isn't separate experience. See, and this is where the adventure-based leveling kind of falls down because like an Astonishing Swordsman, and old D&D, AD&D, and Pathfinder, every, well, not so much the later editions, but the earlier editions like D&D 1 and 2E, you've got, you've got experience. Each class has a different, it goes up at a different rate. And so you're pretty much leveling the field as far as experience goes, as far as like, and I can understand some players can think that they're cheated a little, little when you, you know, my rogue should have been up to third level by now, but you say everybody's going up to second level. And it's like, well, that's the way adventure based experience works. Now I'm sure you could jerry rig it to work on like, you know, okay, this class, so many, ex so many adventures, they go up. Or this class goes up slower. It needs more adventures than the other class. You could do that. And I've often thought about doing that, about coming up with a chart for the different, whatever game, like say I'm Swords and Wizardry, whatever game I'm playing, because they got a different thing for, for adventure-based things. And in fact, that might be a good idea to do. I might try that just as an experiment. But anyway, let's go on. The XP advancement is okay you got these classes the the fighter goes up faster than the mage the thief goes up faster than the the faster than the the fighter or maybe even a little faster than the cleric but not as fast as the fighter etc 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 and don't get me started about uh, racist class because that's well that that's part of it too because basic dnd does that so then it's kind of a little more equitable. So you have characters who, so basically the whole party is not the same level, but you kind of, I always see it as the parties like, okay, there's five people in the part, five characters in the party, and they're all going up at different rates, but they're all like maybe within one to two levels of each other, maybe three. So you can still work that out because that comes important sometimes when you're doing encounter, we're figuring encounters. Uh, you know, you know how I feel about encounter balance, but to me, it's like to me, encounter balance is like I don't like encounter balance, but I can see the, I can see the value in keeping it roughly in the same ballpark, 
And, you know, I kind of do it the way I want to do it. But the point is, on the downside is, you have to keep track of experience. You have to keep, the players have to keep track of their experience, fine. But you have to keep track of experience overall in the game. How many, how many, what monster's worth how much experience? What treasure's worth how much experience? What did they do that I could, and that's the downside of, of doing experience-based advancement. Although, I can see some benefit in the fact that you can actually award extra experience to something you can't do in adventure-based. You can award extra experience to somebody who did something clever or outstanding or, you know, just, you know, help the game. That's what I'm saying. So you have that. I don't know which one's better. I vacillate between, I think I'm going to be vacillating between the two depending on what system I'm using. I'm probably going to, and also I'm going to, I'm going to try and see if I can come up with an adventure-based base um, advancement as far as the different classes go, if the game does that. If the game has one advancement for everyone, I'm not going to mess with it. But anyway, I'm, I'm going to try that. And, you know, I think there's some value in having less levels to cap out at. And Swords of Wizardry Continual Light came up with an idea of how to advance beyond whatever the level limit is for that game. And it's basically you give a few different perks for different classes. You, you, you know, may, maybe make the hit dice go up a little or, or some kind of special ability or something like that. So anyway, I just wanted to kind of clear that out of my brain and let you guys listen to what I was saying, you know, what I'm thinking. And maybe you can come up with a good, maybe you could do something for your game too. That'd be great. But anyway, I got to go start my day. So if you guys want to talk to me about this or anything else, oldmangrognar at gmail.com. Oh, also, one other thing, and it balances out the fact that people, oh, the thief doesn't go up very fast in this, in this, you know, in this, in this game system. Well, we can fix, you know, if it's adventure-based, we can fix that, or, you know, that, that sort of neutralizes the argument there. But anyway, that's what I was saying. You know, oldmangrognar at gmail.com, or drop me a voicemail on Anchor. We're monetized, so as little as 99 cents a month, you too can help support this program, and I would thank you. Thanks again to Jonathan Dorja, Wendell Jessen, what a name, Oliver Shriek, Gilbert Soros, Juan Carlos Llewellyn, Daniel Reynolds, Dan Gregg, Benjamin Brodell, Jason, John Allen Large, you guys are great. And don't forget about Dan Gregg's The Young, Y-U-N-G, Grognard Podcast, Mark C. Walring's The Yawning Alberic Podcast, Big John Allen Large's The Red Dice Diaries. That's also a YouTube channel, too. So, oh, and my friend Eric Tenkar's Tavern Chat. Don't forget him. So, until I see you folks next time, keep the dice warm, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air. Thank you.